On this episode of Movie Bites, we will be taking an in-depth look at two live-action animated package featurettes of Latin America, Saludos Amigos and The Three Caballeros. Hello and welcome to Movie Bites. My name is Clay Howard and I am joined today by my two faithful co-hosts. And I say faithful because they're nothing but that. Uh, Jeffrey Perez and David Jones. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing, doing good. Doing great. Good morning to you. The question is if you should be lying to the audience about us being faithful considering it's been about a year since we've done this. <laughs> but we're here. Well, we're, we're here faithfully. It's not like... We're here. We're here faithfully every year or so. Every year. Yes, uh, David is correct. We did take uh, quite a bit of a break uh for yeah pretty much a year um yeah we had we had some uh some life change going on and, and things going on uh we had some change ups and and so uh took some time off uh kind of refocused and uh now we're back at it hopefully fingers crossed we're going to get back in the swing of things uh i think really what what happened was it took us a whole year to muster up the energy and 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 the power to get through this episode yeah actually. i would agree with that <laughs> and so the record, uh, uh, go what? ahead so no you're fine. I was just a face for the record i watched both these movies a year ago and then you guys did it yeah i don't know how you did <laughs> in that. preparation point of this. that out yes so, <laughs> yeah that was my bad i think you you bought the uh blu-ray off ebay mm -hmm. and you were like all yeah. ready to go i got <laughs> yeah. this is, i got the disney movie club exclusive that you can only get off ebay because you know, Disney Movie Club isn't real, and there's no way I'm actually going to be part of that scheme. Right, yeah, no way. But, yeah, so I, I got it off eBay. I got it all excited. I watched both of them. Um, and I was traumatized, and uh, then I waited a year, and now I had to watch them again. So thanks for that. Yeah. That was the whole plan um, all along. Exactly. <laughs> we just wanted to dupe you into watching these, but at least you got to watch it in beautiful Blu-ray quality. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um. Let's see a couple things real quick before we jump into this episode. Uh, as far as this is the Movie Bites podcast, we also have the original uh, Mouse Bites, which is a show me and Jeff do or did um, based on Disney video games. Uh, for the time being, that's on kind of an indefinite hiatus. Uh, we've just kind of lost the creative juices to keep that show going. And so for whatever reason, that is just kind of where it is. Um, at one point, I thought about doing kind of a uh, wrap-up finale, uh, series finale episode, and maybe we'll get to that at some point. But for now, we're just going to kind of leave that where it's at, and I think we're going to kind of try to focus more on doing this show. Uh, hopefully, you know, one episode a month. Uh, there's a lot of uh, post-production that goes into these, so it, it helps, you know, keep the, the load off a little bit. Um, so there's that. Uh, the other thing that's happened in the year that we took off is there was a release of something uh, that is v pertains very much to the show. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Kingdom Hearts 3. No! <laughs> Frozen 2. Ugh, heck no. <laughs> hey, don't you diss my girl Elsa. You haven't even seen the movie. <laughs> I haven't, but I know it's going to be wonderful. It's, mm. it's a great movie. No, I'm talking about Disney Plus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that has come out. And so now, you know, we have, it's, it's even easier to watch all these movies. So maybe there's 
some people out there that are going through and perhaps watching, especially some of these earlier movies that people maybe haven't seen before. Yeah. So that's exciting. It gives us uh, an easier way to watch stuff. Uh, I prefer to watch these on VHS when I can, but I was lazy last night and I just watched them on, on Disney Plus. So Excellent. Mm-hmm. good stuff. It's- and it's a good way, the only way to enjoy them on in HD without uh, going onto eBay currently. That's true. So, yeah, yeah. Disney Plus is actually really strange with how it's presenting a lot of these movies in like 4K and HD for the first time when they're not available on disc. So, yeah. It's, yeah. It's definitely a, I'm, I mean, I'm sad that as a collector, I can't grab a lot of these on in the formats that I want, but at least... The regular audience who doesn't care about that has Disney Plus now. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, this episode is going to go a little bit differently than usual. Normally, we're just going to tackle one movie at a time. Uh, but we figured, due to the short runtime of the first movie and kind of the fact that these two movies are more or less very similar, one's kind of a sequel to the other, uh, we just figured we'd knock these out at the same time. So um, It's a package episode. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, um, it's a package episode. <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on, there's no way that people are going to sit through two back-to-back episodes about these movies. So, Right. Just like it's really hard to watch both these movies back-to-back. It's poetry. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I want to give a little bit of a disclaimer. If you are a huge fan of these uh, movies, this might not be the podcast for you. <laughs> not because we're necessarily going to hate on it, but just because um, I don't think any of us are overly huge fans of it um, right out the gate. But I could be wrong. I don't know that for a fact. I know, uh, D- David has definitely voiced his distaste. Um, but I, I would just say that I probably didn't give this movie the lo- or these movies the love and attention they deserve. Unlike some of the other ones that we will cover, where I, you know I I have fond memories i i want to do good service to it and so i'm trying to do my best on this one but i just want to disclaimer it that um it might not be my a plus effort to really you know bring bring this movie into the best light possible and i'm probably going to butcher all of the uh names and locations of this movie so if those get brought up i apologize not trying to be offensive I do have some nice things to say about it, so it's it's legitimately not all bad. But yeah, no, totally. We're not just gonna sit here and crap on it. Really hard to watch. Yep. So, I just want to get that out there. Uh, But we're gonna do our best to keep this to a relatively short episode. So that being said, let's go ahead and move forward. We're gonna jump right in. Uh, Usually at the top of the show, I have Jeff read off a few of the facts. We're not gonna get super in depth because there's two movies here. So I just have a few things here for Jeff to 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 let us know about. So Jeff, go ahead. All righty. Wow, I'm going through puberty. Okay, that's a good start. So Saludos Amigos was released on February 19th, 1943 just here in the u.s um, as you know that was a difficult time to release movies abroad so uh yeah it did release it did release uh in latin america i just didn't put that date on there okay yeah i guess i was thinking more europe it's only america matters yeah play. right so this is an american show america. <laughs> all right so uh and then the three caballeros released on february 3rd 1945 so just about two years later kind of like our episodes of movie bites Just kidding. All right. Uh, They were both produced by Walt Disney. And the first one, Saludos Amigos, the runtime is just 42 minutes. But the other one, the Three Caballeros, did have a 71-minute runtime. Yeah, I believe this is the shortest 
shortest runtime for a full-length animated movie um put out by walt disney so i think technically it doesn't even qualify for like the academy of motion pictures qualifications as a motion picture because it's so short (laughs) i think it's yeah i have to look up what that time is but i remember like technically by our motion picture standards it's not really a motion picture it's a short but disney considers it to be a motion picture so and Disney owns everything, so they're Crazy. probably on the Academy soon. So, hey, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> guess we should so, listen to our overlords. Do you guys think it's weird that these are put into the official, yeah. what, what do you call it, yeah, David? The, what is it called? The, the, the Walt Masterpiece. Disney Studios official yeah. animated canon or whatever the hell you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't why, think like why? if like Mary Poppins isn't in there. Right. Because I think, I think these are... Considered to be animated movies with live action segments, whereas Mary Poppins is a live action movie with animated segments. Oh, so I think that's yeah, how I they differentiate. Yeah. But like, I don't know. These are these are like short film collections and the Disney short film collection is sort of right. in there, but not really. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because w- what's the other one? Uh, is it Make Mine Music? Is that the next one? Uh, that's the next one. Yes. And so like that one too, I feel like, I don't feel like... All three of those yeah. really belong in this because they're not really telling a overarching story from start to finish, right. Right. more or less. But they, and, they um, were released in theaters as a you know major Disney theatrical release, and it's just really yeah, all that they could put out at the time because of World War II. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Fair but, enough. Yeah. Personally, it's, it's hard for me to fully accept that they are part of that same uh, list of movies, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. All right. Cool. All right, uh, next up real quickly, I'm going to go over four facts, behind-the-scenes snippets. I know in the past we've done a lot more, but uh, we decided to kind of shorten this, this segment a little bit just so it doesn't run too long and get too dry. But to be honest, there wasn't a whole lot of stuff that I found that I thought would be super interesting. But uh, starting off, uh, kind of hitting two facts about uh, Saludos Amigos. Uh, basically, back in 1941, before, uh, before the U.S. had gained entry into world war ii uh the united states department uh of state commissioned uh, a disney goodwill tour of south america intended to lead uh, for a movie to be shown in the u.s central and south america as a part of what was called the good neighbor policy um this was being done because several Latin American governments had close ties with nazi germany and the u.s government wanted to counteract those ties um Mickey Mouse and other Disney characters were very popular in Latin America, and Walt Disney basically acted as an ambassador. Um, in fact, they even guaranteed him that if he lost money uh, in making this, that they would uh, they would pay him back, basically. And so it was kind of a easy, you know, decision for Walt because they more or less were like, "Hey, can you help us out? And we will make sure we have your back." And he was like, "Yeah." So. Um, <laughs> So it's interesting. It's kind of uh, this goal to try to make Latin America, you know, more more normal to uh, Americans and uh, you know grow that you know friendship right. or whatever. So there was like, some. Please don't be Nazis. That's right. These movies are. Let's, let's be friends. <laughs> Walt Disney. Um, please bad. don't be a Nazi. Don't be that. <laughs> Remember that time so, that the. Never mind. Go ahead. I was going to sidetrack us. <laughs> Oh, David. Nice try. <laughs> A-plus effort. No. Uh, I stopped myself. <laughs> um, in fact, film historians have 
later on suggested that it was Saludos Amigos live action documentary sequences, which potentially had the most impact on the American culture, uh, featuring footage of modern Latin American cities with skyscrapers and fashionably dressed residents. Uh, this kind of went against the then current perception of the American audience that Latin America was a culturally backwards area, predominantly rural and mostly inhabited by poorly dressed peasants. Uh, the film is mostly credited with helping change the American perception of Latin America and its inhabitants. So um, now whether or not this was like like the most accurate portrayal of it, I mean, I, I would imagine they were taken to like the nicest places and maybe not shown some more impoverished areas. If I had to guess, mm -hmm. I don't know. But so I could see how people are like, yeah, that, you know, yeah, it's accurate, but it's also not you know the case for everything but yeah uh regardless it i it was successful in that so yeah that's kind of pretty much how the west is portrayed too in our movies we always show the big cities and the cool places we never show poverty right so yeah right. it's kind of like that wherever you're gonna film yep um all right so moving on to the three caballeros uh this movie as we mentioned is a, a big mixture of live action and uh, you know traditional animation so um Really, this movie, with with the exception of Mickey Mouse's brief appearance in Fantasia, this was the first time Walt Disney attempted to combine animation with live action, uh, basically since the Alice comedies of the 1920s. And if you don't know what those are, go look them up. Um, quite a lot of the combined action and and live action animation stuff uh, was in its own way uh, a cost-saving measure. It was ac accomplished by simply shooting on a soundstage using the already animated film as a backdrop for actors and dancers and then filming the entire thing again, allowing Disney to save money by reducing the number of animated cell drawings and the need for complex backgrounds. Uh, under the correct assumption that the human eye would be drawn to the human dancers, and the ducking duck running between them, uh, not the lack of painted backgrounds. This did result, however, in some occasional blurry animation work as the cells were filmed twice. Um, but that very blurriness tends to match the overall tone of these sections and give and gave Disney some hints about how the company could combine live action and animation in future films. So I imagine you both probably noticed the kind of blurriness uh, of some of those segments. Yeah. It's a uh, you yeah, know it's, it's especially noticeable in like you know HD because everything looks so crisp and all of a sudden when the live action element comes in it looks like someone smeared Vaseline on the or Vaseline Vaseline <laughs> on the cell. Ah oh, yes, Vaseline. <laughs> I love Vaseline. Vaseline. Vaseline yeah, yeah I, I mean it's it's archaic by today's standards yeah. to look at, but it was pretty groundbreaking for the time. I mean that was something Disney had been attempting to do since the 20s, since the Alice comedies. So it was kind of cool yeah. to see just another step in that process of getting to ultimately kind of like where um who yeah. framed roger rabbit and space jam and those right. types of movies ended up you know 50 you, you can kind of tell it was a big deal at the time with how much they focus on it like sort of watching it as a modern you know a modern audience member it's just like why do you keep showing like these characters dancing with like latin america people <laughs> and you know back then it's like everyone's like oh man this is so cool it looks like they're interacting with real people mm -hmm. yeah so and I think that's one of those ways these films don't really age that well because we don't have that cultural um, sort of appreciation that we would have if we'd seen it in the 40s. Right. Totally. Yeah. All right. So those are some little facts there. Um, 
now I figured we could quickly go around the table here uh, and share any history we have with these two movies. Uh, if you have any memories, uh, any nostalgia with it, and then we'll uh, we'll keep moving along. So, Dave, you want to start us off? Um, yes, I don't think I actually watched either of these movies completely in their entirety till last year. Um, however, many of the animation segments um, I did see separately um, back on like the Disney Channel and stuff when they used to like you know chop up their package movies and kind of use them as shorts. Like I have very, very fond memories of the Penguin short, and this is probably hmm. my favorite thing out of either of these two movies is that uh, that Penguin short. It's, uh, yeah, it used to be shown on TV all the time. It's very cute and heartwarming, and yeah, I have nothing bad to say about that one. But um, as far as like a lot of the other just, you know, random dancing scenes and sort of educational semi-documentary segments in these films like i i that was like the first time i saw him last year right okay jeff what about you um yeah i sort of grew up on these my dad bought the vhs versions whenever those came out in the 90s um and and my dad i think thought it was important to show to my sisters and i because he is from latin america he's cuban so i think he wanted us to kind of see at least something into what the culture was like down there um right not that they show cuba in this but it's you know it's very similar culturally to a lot of other latin american countries so uh i you know i didn't have a deep love for it but i had an appreciation for it and i didn't really understand the significance of the documentary parts i as a kid i thought they were kind of boring and i just wanted to see the cartoons but you know it at the very least it was some sort of exposure to a different culture which was cool and and somewhat a bit of my family heritage so i appreciate it more in retrospect than i did at the time but um yeah i did did have both of them and did watch both of them when i was probably 10 or so okay nice yeah as for me uh i had never seen saludos amigos in its entirety um in fact probably n not even bits and pieces of it i vaguely remember maybe seeing the uh, goofy segment at some point like dave said thrown in somewhere or on youtube or something but uh this was basically my first time watching that movie um i knew it existed for the longest time but i was i was mostly just familiar with three caballeros uh we did have that on vhs back in the 90s and we did watch it on occasion uh, definitely not one of my, you know, regular watch it movies, but when you're a kid, uh, you kind of, uh, you watch what you got, uh, especially if like your TV setup wasn't so great and you didn't have all the good cable channels or whatever, you kind of just, you made it work. And so, uh, but I haven't seen that movie in such a long time. I can't remember the last time I watched it. Um, but when I put it on last night, it was amazing. Like how quickly it all came back to me and how much of it like was just memorized in the back of my brain somewhere that I didn't know I had. And so, uh, especially some of the songs, especially the three Caballero song, uh, was featured in one of the sing along, uh, VHSs back in the day. So I think that one, especially I've seen more times than some of the other parts of it. Um, and so I knew that part really well, but, uh, yeah, just overall, it, it was super nostalgic watching it. And, uh, 
I, it definitely made me smile, especially towards the beginning, uh, watching it again and, and just kind of remembering everything. And there's some like Donald moments that were just freaking hilarious and yeah. uh, made me feel all childish again inside just because it's kind of hilarious. But yeah, um, another thing I just remember. Are you done? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You're good. I'm done. Okay. Okay. Uh, another thing that I kind of remembered in the history of these films, it's not actually the history of the films, history of the story, is I used to read a bunch of the old Disney comic books. I don't know if either of you ever did. Oh, um, yeah. They did not? Yeah. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of them. Like, oh, you got to read some of those Uncle Scrooge ones, man. They're classic. Oh, but I digress. So yeah, um, there there was a lot of times adaptions of a lot of feature films sometimes included in these books. And I think they're... I think from Walt Disney's Comics and Stories, which is one of the longest-running ones, I don't think they're around anymore, but I remember that there was, like, an adaption of, uh, like, Three Caballeros... And I did sort of familiar myself. The first time I familiarized myself with the characters and general stories was actually through comic books. So I just thought that yeah. was a fun little interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There were uh, there were two comic lines that came out. Um, one was called the Three Caballeros Ride Again, um, and it was done by Don Rosa, who does. Um, ah, Don Rosa. D- yeah, the the legendary guy Rosa. who did all of the um, he did all the Uncle Scrooge stuff, all of the. Okay. Uh, after um, the guy before him, I'm trying to think of his name right now. Is it Carl Barks? Yes, Barks. Thank you. Carl Barks. Yeah, so yeah. he kind of picked up where Carl Barks left off. And so, um, yeah, and so he, he kind of took off and uh, ran with these characters, which Carl Barks never really did anything with the Three Caballeros, um, but uh, Don Rosa did. I'm trying to find the name of the uh, second line that they did. It was something about the... Um, Magnificent Seven minus four, three Caballeros or something, and uh, it was kind of a clever name. So yeah, I've never read those. In fact, I didn't know much about them until I started uh, prepping for this, and now mm-hmm. I want to own them. Uh, looks like there's a hardback version that has yeah has them like, in it. Anything with the Don Rosa's work is just fantastic, and you should read it. Yep, <laughs> and find it. Yeah, I bought I bought one of his. Uh, hardback ones i think it was like the first volume of the uncle scrooge series. the life and times of scrooge McCann yeah that one his most famous work yep. yeah yeah that's I got classic that one. yeah that's just so a good. good comic book like apart from being like disney like even if you don't really care about like duck characters it's just a damn good story and you should read it yeah um we'll talk a little bit more about kind of what happened with um with them post these movies uh, after we get done. Um, but I do appreciate you bringing that up, David, because uh, obviously that was that was part of it. And I'm sure as a kid, if I had had those comics, I would have loved them because I love the three Caballero characters. And so uh, I'm kind of surprised it took as long as they did to kind of develop them more. But we'll talk about that later. Um, I think it's time now for us to move on. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and hit play on the movie here and we'll get started. Saludos, amigos, a fun greeting to you, a warm handshake or two. Right, so we start off with Saludos Amigos. I'm going to kind of go scene by scene here, uh, very briefly hit on, you know, kind of what each scene is, maybe jog your memory if you've seen it in the past, 
and then allow our hosts to make any comments that they have at that time. So, um, starting off, we get the kind of opening credits for Saludos Amigos with the, the theme song, self-titled basically uh, under the same name. Um, after the credits, there is a, a quick text that put on the screen that says, with sincere appreciation for the courtesy and cooperation shown to us by the artists, musicians, and many of our friends in Latin America, Walt Disney. So he kind of threw a little thing in there at the beginning. And then uh, then we are taken to our actual first scene. Any thoughts? Moving on. You guys like that song, Salus Amigos? Pretty catchy, right? Yeah. 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 A, little, a little slow, but... Well, at the time, I guess it was actually pretty popular. I think it was nominated for an Academy Award for that song. Which oh, is wow. Weird. That's impressive. Yeah. I did not know that. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe maybe it was a slow year for <laughs> for music. I don't know. Things have changed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Things have changed. Uh, after the opening credits, we get to a shot of um, Walt Disney and, and some of his animators and creative peoples uh, boarding a ship or not a ship, a plane to head to uh, South America. Um, it was funny. I was reading that they actually had to reshoot and like kind of fake this initial them getting on the plane because when they initially took the flight, they didn't film any of it. Um, <laughs> I don't think they were actually originally planning to have the live action stuff in between uh, as kind of filler. Um but then once they got back, Walt Disney decided, I don't want to just do release these as shorts. I want to put it all together in a full movie. And so at that point, they looked at the footage they did have from their trip. And then this was one of the scenes where they were like, crap, we don't really have any way to show that we are taking off. So they staged this whole first scene. Uh, That's awesome. Fakely. Yeah. You're saying that Walt Classic Disney Hollywood. lied to me. He lied. So many lies. Yes. <laughs> I feel my life is crumbling down. <laughs> I, I can't believe that Walt would do that. But you definitely can really realize right off the bat that this is going to be a different type of Disney movie. The fact that they open with like people getting onto a plane and like some news broadcaster type narrator just talking yeah. over it. It's yep. definitely jarring going from Bambi to this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But then very the shortly after... Just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, very quickly after that, we see we get a short little animated sequence of a plane flying over, you know, these hand-drawn maps. Uh, kind of feels like Dumbo or something. Yeah. Um, and so they they show going down to Brazil, uh, going past Argentina, and then basically they they split up. Uh, one goes to Bolivia, one goes to or no, one goes to Lake uh, Titicaca, and uh, the other one goes somewhere else. And so they kind of split up. Um, we're showing some, you know, more, a little more live action video of them landing kind of boring stuff. Uh, <laughs> no offense to anyone. Um, local, it, it's basically a documentary at this point, just lots of shots that they took while they were down there, um, of the area and, and stuff. So, uh, I mean, go ahead. I was just going to say, it is, it is a little bit cool. I mean, it's not just to see, like, really old footage that's been in, kept in pretty good shape of, like, Latin America from, like, over 70 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's kind of neat, but, like, you know, it's not really super engaging at the same time. But I'm glad that it exists and preserved. 
Yeah, and like I would imagine myself, like I love watching like travel shows, uh, Anthony Bourdain and stuff. Like I love culture. I love like foods from from other cultures and so um but back in 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 this time and era there probably wasn't a lot of that outside of books and maybe in an occasional Mm -hmm. you know movie or something that would would hit on this stuff so i'm sure people were relatively interested like i feel like i would be and so seeing some of that stuff in, in an era that wasn't necessarily like you didn't have the internet and you didn't have you know tons of shows you know of people traveling everywhere is probably a little most more people, rare yeah. yeah i mean most people still listen to the radio at this point is their primary form of entertainment at least most people don't even have tvs yeah, right so true. yeah so yeah you're going to the movies you would see a newsreel that's what you would see or movies like this and then you'd be like oh man i saw this cool thing in some other part of the world so yeah yep. i think it's again it's like the interest of these movies to people back then would be much much greater than uh, people now watching it and you got to right. kind of put that into consideration, I think, as to why these movies are made the way they are. Absolutely. Yep. Um, finally, after uh, about three minutes or so of some live action footage, we finally are introduced to our, our boy Donald. Donald shows up and all is right with the world. Um, Donald goes on a boat ride and then he shows up at a village. There's a llama there. They teach us some information about llamas. Uh, obviously, it's kind of a popular animal of that area um then there's a whole segment where donald takes a llama up in the mountains there's this suspension bridge and all these kind of funny scenarios happen with with him up there Uh, i feel like this is the predecessor to emperor's new groove dude i was thinking that too (laughs) because he's got like a he's got a poncho on and there's he's riding a llama the thought Mm. definitely crossed my mind yeah one thing llamas are just awesome one thing that immediately kind of stuck out to me in this scene um, especially following Bambi, is the the lack of the multiplane camera. Um, you know, because there's parts where, like, Donald's on the bridge looking down and into the valley or whatever, and it's just a flat painting. Um, and and it's sort of just immediately apparent this, this was made to save money or this was made at a lower budget. Um, right. It's not bad, necessarily. It's really good work, but it's just that lack of... Um, depth and separation that you get with the multiplane camera it uh, it was kind of sorely missing compared to the previous movies yeah. we've watched that's, that's true yeah I, I kind of noticed that too but at the same time like the actual character animation I think is really good through all mm-hmm. the animation segments and it's still from an era that you know just doesn't exist anymore so I absolutely I get that it's extremely cut back but it's still really amazing to watch the work that they did agreed yeah no, that's a good point, Jeff. I, I honestly didn't even notice it, so mm. I feel like they did a good job. But you're right; that's it's good. definitely missing. I mean, you think about uh, Snow White. There was those, you know, a couple scenes there where they were like moving in towards, you know, into the forest, and there's things, you know, on the different, you know, multiplane or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and and you, there's a lot more depth to it. But yeah, uh, and that was, you know, years ago by this point mm-hmm. that this came out, and so, um, but. It's a good point. I, I think they were definitely trying to keep it on the lower end price-wise. And so, um, yeah. you know, there, some some things suffered probably. But, um, yeah, so that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Um, so following uh, this little Donald short, um, we are taken to our next segment, which is uh, an animated story um, about three airplanes, Papa, Mama, and Pedro, 
Pedro basically uh, goes to school, learns about how he has to take mail from one side uh, of you know these mountains into another, um, and so it's it's this little story of him and basically his parents can't make the run, and so he has to take the mail and go flying. Um, he flies past this giant mean mountain, which I'm not even going to try to uh, pronounce because it had a pretty extravagant name. Uh, real mountain, by the way. Uh, then basically he picks up the mail. On his way back, he gets distracted by this bird. Uh, he then accidentally flies too close to the giant mountain. It starts raining and lightning strikes. Uh, Pedro drops the mail, but he catches it. It's kind of this like fighting against the narrator kind of thing where the, the guy's like, don't go for it, Pedro. And he, he does it anyways. Uh, but then at the end there, here, uh, Pedro runs out of gas. Uh, basically, his parents think he died, uh, but he's not. He survived and he brought all the mail back uh, just to come open the parcel and find that there's only a single postcard in, in the mail. But he, he did it nonetheless. Spoilers. Ooh, what a guy. Yeah. It's like the uh, the prequel to Planes. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking that same thing. <laughs> the characters look yeah. very similar. They do, but Planes is terrible. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen it. Yeah, it's... I don't know why it was released in theaters. It was completely made-for-video tier movie. Yeah, it was all yeah. two studios. Right. Yeah, and it's got that one comedian that was really popular. Oh, what's his name? Is it Dane Cook? Dane Cook, yeah, oh, Dane no. Cook voices the main character. It's <laughs> terrible. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was one comedian just completely fell off the face of the earth. David, stay focused. <laughs> no, Sorry, I'm talking about Dane Cook. I want to talk about Dane Cook on your Disney podcast. Yes, I do. I sorry. Any I, uh, I, I any thoughts on respect. Pedro, guys? I mean, uh, I like uh, it. I think it's cute. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's one of the better shorts in this film, but. There's, I don't really think any of the shorts in the first one really super stand out. It's definitely kind of apparent, I think, that they were struggling how to make, you know, learning how to make these package films, how to make stuff low budget. And I think it's being the first one of that era, I think the cutbacks show more. Um, learning how to structure it, the structure of the shorts put together is the worst out of any of the package films, I think. And it's, I don't know, it's just doesn't really stand out <laughs> yep i agree um i don't mind this segment i think it's animated really well uh the story is not overly compelling and it's not very funny it's just kind of i don't know i guess it's heartfelt or something i don't know yeah. um but it's like you know he, he he goes he does it and he comes back and uh, i don't know it's just kind of the narrator is. annoys me like if like, I think it would have been way better without the narrator. See, I, I love the narrator Do you? films. <laughs> it's, you know, like the old goofy films or whatever, but it's, right. I, I just, I love that, the fight the narrator thing. It was a classic Disney bit of that era. Right, right. But All right, so following. Sorry. No, you're good. We're, we're, still, we're still getting back into things here, so we're, we're working out the kinks. Um, so following that, uh, we were taken to Argentina. To Buenos Aires, probably said that wrong. Uh, Showing a bunch of live-action shots of the area. Uh, we see Walt Disney looking at artistic photos of the guacho or gacho, guacho, the gaucho, gaucho. There it was. I was missing it. Um, 
then they we, we kind of take a, a step towards them uh we see some live action shots of the gaucho uh white people checking out their their outfits eating some of their uh barbecue and drinking wine and and dancing um so they kind of segment from there into the next animated segment um which is uh good old goofy uh, so it like kind of cuts back to texas randomly uh where we are shown you know the american cowboy that the viewer knows well um but then very quickly they pick up goofy and toss him uh all the way down south uh to argentina where he is transformed from a cowboy to a gaucho um, and then basically it's it's your classic kind of, uh, goofy instructional video type thing where, you know, he, goofy demonstrates riding a horse, eating barbecue, catching a type of ostrich. Um, he sings smoking some songs, cigarette. smoking them <laughs> cigarettes. Uh, and then he, he goes dancing with a horse that's wearing a dress. Um, <laughs> You know, all, all the good stuff. Uh, I think the best part of this segment is the uh, slow motion when he's riding the yeah. horse. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty hilarious and uh, really well done. I, I love that part. Yeah. Um, then at, toward the end, he is flung back to Texas, and that kind of ends that segment. Right. What do you guys think? Again, it's I love these goofy. classic goofy yeah. shorts with the narrator and, and the, you know, the interaction. So I, I really like this one, too, for yeah. similar uh, reasons. This is... This is, I think, the best one in the in this movie. Um, you guys watched on Disney Plus, no? Yeah, correct. Out of curiosity, was the cigarette scene left in the Disney Plus version? I honestly haven't checked. It was not. Oh, okay. So, dang. So, apparently, the Blu-ray that I did get off eBay apparently is the only way that has that scene. If you want to see <laughs> Goofy smoking cigarettes, you gotta go on eBay. Oh, see, that's what I was trying to figure out. I'm like, what was censored? I, I was like googling yeah. it, trying to figure out what they took out, and I couldn't find it. I think okay. it's pretty much just in this movie. I think it's just that scene. Really, I don't think anything else has changed. Yeah, and I, yeah, no, I've, and I show. definitely know what you're talking about because I've seen that. Mm -hmm. I think it's like a GIF where he's like, yeah, licking the the paper, the paper. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, or maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm thinking of Tom and Jerry. Oh, maybe. So that's another they, one where I he's mean, a cowboy. It's interesting because they show, like, the animators with cigarettes in their mouths. So it's, like, I guess it's a little different to show the cartoon character. That yeah, because I think it's different when you're, like, showing something, you know, people a long time ago doing mm -hmm. something rather than, like, a beloved cartoon character that still exists at Disney theme park <laughs> smoking a cigarette. True. Yeah. <laughs> Have a kid go Hey, but that's all park. valid except for Jose Carioca. Oh, yeah, because he keeps the cigars, doesn't he? Constantly, um, yeah. Yeah, see, that's weird. And, again, you know, like... What, where do you draw the line? Right. But I guess Goofy's probably a little more, you know, well-known. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. Jose's still around, obviously, but mm -hmm. um, Goofy's a little more. But, yeah, it seems a little ridiculous. I, I am really happy, though, that they chose to release it both ways. Like, I, I understand why the version on Disney Plus is like that, because that's the one that parents are going to let their kids watch. But the fact that they did release for the people like us who want to see it uncut... For culture, you know, for historical reasons, mm -hmm. the original scene, and I thought that was that was kind of cool of them to actually do that because we've been wanting that for a lot of the other movies for a while. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Following that, we move on to a segment uh, called Watercolor of Brazil. Uh, this is where we are finally introduced uh, to Jose Carioca. Uh, it's a musical segment showing painters creating beautiful landscapes. Uh, and animals from Brazil. 
uh, it's kind of a musical segment with, uh, with with some painting and animations over top of it. Then following that, uh, we, we actually uh, Donald shows up uh, randomly and then he and then very shortly after followed by Jose. Uh, they basically become instant friends. Uh, which I, which I love. I love that Jose knows who Donald is and he kind of does that imitation of Donald when he's like getting angry and he's going to fight somebody. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I love that. And, uh, yeah, they kind of instantly become good buddies. Um, Donald can't understand Jose cause he's (laughs) he's got an accent. So that's kind of funny where he's trying to understand what he's saying and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, they end up doing the Samba together because why not? Um, Following that, Don and Joe, uh, they drink some alcohol together, Ooh. and uh, Donald has a few one too many, and has got the hiccups, because, you know, that's what every animated uh, drunk character does, is mm-hmm. get the hiccups. I've never understood that. Was that, like, a thing back in the day? People drink too much and get the hiccups? Like, I don't think I've ever seen that in real life. <laughs> that's I mean, a good I've point. A couple times, maybe? Yeah, maybe a couple times, yeah. but that's not what I really associate with being Yeah, it's drunk. like this weird, like, animation trope in, like, the 40s is mm-hmm. that people drink and then just start, you know, stumbling around hiccuping. Never understood yeah. that. Maybe alcohol was more bubbly back then and... <laughs> maybe. Makes you... I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe people just really got the hiccups a lot back then. Right. I'll have to Google that sometime, figure out what that was all about. Um, we are very close to, to being at the end here, basically. Um, it pretty much ends with, uh, Donald after having a drink, he finally, uh, proceeds to have his first dancing moment with a Latina woman. Uh, they kind of have this, uh, silhouette dance going on. And, uh, I guess Disney was like, we need more of that in the next one. So they, (laughs) they saved it, you know, to kind of foreshadow the, the future. Um, and then we, yeah, they, that's pretty much it. They do a, a big, uh, zoom out shot of somewhere down there and, uh, the Rio, end Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. Rio. And we're at 40 minutes and it's over. Yeah. Um, one real quick thing about that segment. And it's funny cause we were just talking about how the other ones were like classic Disney bits with the narrator. This one's kind of more like a classic Looney Tunes bit with the paintbrush and, uh, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. sort of fourth wall breaking that you would see more in like a Daffy Duck. Um, like Tex Avery type cartoon, so yeah, I thought that was that's interesting true. to see Good point. that because yeah. you know Disney didn't really do that bit a lot back then, but it's interesting interesting to see that it was incorporated here. And I don't know if this was the first one to do that, and that was inspiring to the others, um, like the Warner Brothers ones, or if it was the other way around that the Warner Brothers ones came first. I'm not not actually sure on that. Yeah, that's a good question. But yeah, it just kind of goes to show, and we'll talk about this when we give our final thoughts, but it's kind of a mixed bag of things and it, it really shows that they weren't entirely sure mm-hmm. how to kind of play this, you know, mm-hmm. to make the whole thing fluidly move uh, from beginning to end. But like, like we didn't even see, you know, the plane come back to America <laughs> or right. anything. It's just kind of like, and it's over we'll in Brazil. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it, it narratively makes zero sense as a film. Yeah. It's just like they had a bunch of random stuff. They slapped it together till they could get it to be barely long enough to justify showing it as like a main feature in a theater and called it a day. Yep. Yep. 
All right, so let's go ahead and move right into the three caballeros scene by scene. Uh, I did notice on the uh, Disney Plus, it did have a disclaimer: may contain outdated cultural depictions. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't look to see if if the first one did or not, but I did look on that one. I'll check real um, quick. All right, while he does that, we'll go ahead and jump in. We got our. Let me go ahead and hit play on this one. We have our intro credits to start us off um, in kind of true fashion. We, we, we get our, our opening credits, kind of like they did back in the day. RKO Radio Pictures Incorporated. Um, we open with our, our first scene where Donald is hanging out and he gets a gift for his birthday. On the card, you notice that uh, Donald's birthday is on Friday the 13th. Uh, he opens a giant package to show that he has lots of gifts. He uh, picks out the first one, and it is a film projector. Uh, and it basically has a, has a short film for Do Donald to watch. Jeff, what does it say? Uh, hold on, I'm... <laughs> oh, man. Were you you failed us for the Sorry, were you asking what it, the description was? On the is there a disclaimer on... Yes, Solidus there was. Amigos? It says, contains depictions of tobacco use and then may contain outdated cultural references so i think so, it's interesting that they put the disclaimer but they still cut the goofy stuff. yeah i think like what we were heck? talking about it's it's okay for an adult or for, for a human to do it but and a parrot and a parrot apparently apparently <laughs> uh but yeah not not your classic fab five goofy Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, uh, yeah, so I just want to say that this movie already starts better. It already So much kind of better. Narrative. Yeah, it already has a narrative structure. Mm -hmm. And it feels like they actually thought, and you know, after the last movie, they sat down and thought, like, how can we make shorts at least link together and feel like they flow in the same film rather than just throwing random doc footage we took on a South America trip. <laughs> right. So, yep. it, yeah. So I, I agree. Well, yeah, I remember when I went from the other one to this, it was like a brush of fresh air that actually makes it feel like they put it in. So. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I mean, you got to think about it from a kid's perspective. Uh, the way the first one starts out, it, it's going to be really hard to keep a kid's interest. Um, for three or four minutes until finally Donald shows up. But this one, they're like, you know, let's just stick with you know something that'll right out the gate get people, you know, pull them in, get them interested. And so uh, Donald was a good choice. Mm -hmm. So following that, we get our uh, Aves Raras, uh, which means strange birds, uh, which is our South Pole penguin shorts. Um, the main character's name in this is Pablo, who cool. uh, lives lives down south. He's he's a cool dude, and uh, but he doesn't like being cool. He wants to go live up north, uh, where it's warmer, and so um, that's kind of his driving force to to get out of the South Pole. Even though all the other penguins are completely content, um, and so he's he's a rebel. He's such a he's rebel. Got poor circulation. <laughs> he's always freezing. Yeah. I can relate to this poor guy. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> this is the best 
part of this movie. Like watching these, both these movies is worth it for the Penguin short. Yep. I understand why this one was taken out and sort of, you know, put on its own on the Disney Channel back in the mm-hmm. day and a lot because it does really stand well on its own. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just, it, it is a pen- everyone loves penguins unless you're just a soulless monster. Well, and he's got a little red hat. He's like super yeah. cute. He's got his little mittens on. Like, he's really well done. I, I actually, I think I remember, and I could be wrong, but I vaguely remember this being on like a Christmas sing along. That hmm. they put this on, and they're just like, "Yeah, Maybe sure, snow." Huh. I, I could, I could be mistaken, you, but you I, could I, be right. Like, I know I've seen it before, but I don't remember where. Like, I just assumed it was like the Disney Channel or something, because they used to, you know, show bits of mo- of these package films on there. But it could have been like attached to like a different VHS tape or something that I had. Because I think they used to do that too, didn't they? Sometimes throw like shorts amongst other yes. shorts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're called like Disney Classics or something. I have a bunch mm-hmm. of them on my shelf. Yeah. So this could have been on there too. I, mm-hmm. Usually they're focused around a specific character, so I don't know how they would throw this one in. But you might be right. 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 Um, could be. But yeah, I've basically the, pl- the plot of this one is that uh, Pablo wants to leave, and so he's trying to set forth uh, to get up, go up north. And so he does a bunch of different things to try to leave. Um, I love that all the other penguins like don't really judge him. They're just kind of like, okay, see you later. And then he, he keeps trying to set off and he keeps uh, failing. And so then his other penguins kind of have to come drag him out and uh, defrost him or whatever. And uh, by the end, there's no longer a giant group of penguins because they keep getting hurt by him. And so eventually it's just like two penguins. Uh, and they're both kind of these like unenthusiastic um, little, pe- I don't know, just like yeah. really good characters, even though they don't say anything and they really don't have a huge part. Um, I, I don't know, they just make me laugh kind of looking at them. But yeah. um, eventually, Jose does no, not Jose, Pablo, Pablo thank you, gets away. Uh, he finally makes, makes off on a makeshift boat uh, made out of ice and he's able to go up north. Uh, by the time he, he, he finds his way to the Galapagos Islands. He realizes that he's made a big mistake. His boat starts to melt, uh, but he's able to jump in a bathtub uh, and get himself to shore uh, where he finds himself eating delicious bananas. But then at the end of the short, he's sitting there sunbathing and sweating his tail off that he realizes that he kind of made a big mistake and he misses his friends and and the cold weather down south. Womp, womp, womp. Never satisfied. Yep. Moral of the story is that human, well, not human, uh, penguin relationships matter more than anything. There you go. That's right. <laughs> penguins are humans. Penguins are people, too. That's, That's true. right. You need a shirt that says that. Penguins yeah. are people, too. With Pablo. I'd wear Pablo. it with Pablo yeah. on it, with his little awesome. red hat in his bathtub, <laughs> living his uh, best life. I agree with David. I think this this short is super great, mm-hmm. super phenomenal. Yeah, uh, really nostalgic when I watch it, and uh, the narration on it is great because it's I don't know who it is. It's, it's the, the that voice from Dumbo. Yeah, yes, the stork. That's it. Yes, Which I think we looked up and he's been in a few other Disney movies. But yeah, yeah, I that voice is so distinctive. I mm-hmm. hear it in a lot of Disney films. Yeah. I can't think of all what it is, but I know it just like pops up randomly in every like other other every other side character. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think the narration was really good. It, I don't know if it's like 
for some reason as a kid i always pictured that voice was the voice of pablo even though that's not really what it's supposed to be but i just think the voice kind of um complements this character really well yeah. and they're both kind of soft and innocent and friendly and it's not that goofy voice it's it's more <laughs> yeah. innocent and soft so I, I think it just the whole thing fits together so well um Absolutely. so definitely a strong animated segment right out right out of the gate in my opinion yeah i think that's great and i think as far as when you are structuring this type of thing they're in modern days they always say you know put a strong one to lead put your kind of mediocre ones in the middle and then finish with a strong one so i think it's cool that they actually had figured that out or did it on accident with this because this is definitely yeah. a, a very strong one to start with yeah yeah that is i think this film's weakness too though is it does start really strong so you see the improvements over the second one you have your best short and then it really just starts to drag really quick after this though unfortunately in my opinion yeah. anyway I did just notice in the shot that kind of links the next one, it starts mm -hmm. like uh, at the coast. And I know we're not quite there yet, but I did just notice they are using the multiplane camera at least for the mountain in that next shot. So that's interesting. Um, I don't think they used it at all during the Pablo uh, short, but at least oh, they yeah, put you're a right. little more effort into this one. But then uh, on the following shot, they're in the jungle and it's all just flat one. again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's kind of jarring. But you're right. Before that, they did they did throw a little bit in. So uh, as Jeff mentioned, we then work our way to the Amazon forest, which is full of different exotic birds. Uh, they do mention that toucans uh, struggle to make love because of their giant beaks. <laughs> they did say that. <laughs> Whoa. We've, we've, all, we've all been there. Am I right, boys? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> Is that too much? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's never too much. I have a big nose. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, me too. I have, I have a, me and Jeff both have large noses. Yeah. So, um, then we are introduced to one of the best characters in this show. <laughs> this character. uh, he's so good. I wish I could say his name right. Uh, Ara Araquan. Uh, Araquan. It's Araquan. Ari Araquan. Yeah. Um, he is a character who does make it past just being in this movie uh and we'll talk we'll talk about that at the end but uh they they do eventually shorten his name to ari a-r-i mm. which i appreciated because i was like i never could say his name but man this dude is awesome i love, love this, this guy <laughs> i wish he was in more of the movie they kind of yeah. at first they he kind of pops in and out and is annoying and like mm -hmm. wreaks havoc mm -hmm. and then he kind of just disappeared i wish he would have showed up even at like the very end i think would have been awesome but oh well yeah he has a great little little musical sequence where he's running around doing his little distinct call and popping up and yeah. making mischief. He's he's pretty great. So and Donald thinks he's hilarious too. He's he's chuckling at while watching the guy. So you know if Donald likes him, you know, gotta he's be a good, good dude. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Uh following that we get uh, the story of the of a guacho. I said that wrong again, didn't I? in the gaucho. gaucho gaucho i don't know why i keep saying guacho gaucho um basically about a, uh, him telling a story of uh himself as a little boy where he uh basically uh captures or befriends however you want to call it a uh, a little donkey that also happens to be able to fly uh which he he, he refers to as little burrito <laughs> which is a kind of a playoff of burrow and Ito, I guess. Well, yeah. Ito means small in Spanish, right. so yeah. 
but it's funny right. that we call burritos something else. <laughs> At least right. Nowadays. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a girl's thought. <laughs> I'm eating a yeah, burrito. Right. A little donkey. Eating a little donkey. Mm. Mm, yummy. Um, Tasty. Yeah. This is a, this is a fun little segment. I actually really like this one too, David. Like you you mentioned it. It goes downhill, but I think this one is still just as strong as mm-hmm. the first. Um, I don't think it's quite as strong. It's still good. I think this one probably would have been better to put closer to the end, as you said, because it it's still definitely yeah. Because it's too this movie's too front heavy with the good content, and it just yep makes the and last it goes downhill. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> It's very apparent. Um, it, it's a fun. It's a fun segment. Uh, the narrator is retelling, uh, you know, th- this memory from when he was a kid, and so throughout the narration, he's kind of trying to remember how it was, and so as his memory changes, you know, the scenery changes or whatever, mm-hmm. and and so it's kind of a fun th- third wall breaking thing where the little the little boy is constantly looking into the camera or whatever, uh, shushing the narrator and such. Um, you guys notice they kind of look like Pinocchio and a donkey from Pinocchio? Oh yeah. I, see, I was I was thinking that he looked more like a it's a small world kid, but yeah, he does kind of look like. Yeah. He definitely has that vibe too. I would agree. But yeah, you're right. Especially the donkey looks like a Pinocchio donkey. Right. I mean, imagine yeah. they probably used it as reference. Oh yeah. To see, you know, everyone's using everyone else's animation as reference. If they've Disney ever did like X animal, they're gonna go look back and look at it and make sure they sort of draw it Disney-esque or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think they right. still do that now. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's see. So then eventually the boy and the donkey uh, get into this race uh, to win a bunch of pesos. Uh, they do end up winning because the donkey can fly, but then they realize the donkey can fly, and so they don't get their money, uh, and they leave. And that's kind of the end of it. Um <laughs> One last thing I had on this was uh, we keep talking about narrators. I think this was also a good narration choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of an you know an aged uh, Latina man who's retelling his story, and I don't know, it just it fits really well, and it was easy to understand him. And he didn't have such a thick accent that a kid would be like, "What is he saying?" Yeah. Um, so I thought that was was a good fit. Agreed. Any other thoughts on uh, Little Burrito? No, I I agree with you guys. I like I'm this good. one. Yeah, I agree with David too when he said they should have put this further back. Mm-hmm. Um, could have broke up kind of the last half of the movie and <laughs> yeah. taken a break from Donald and 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 the guys and given you know go to something. But maybe that would be too jarring. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, this makes sense because he's watching videos, and so you know he, it was a good place to put these shorts. Uh, th- uh, one fact about this short that we were just talking about this was originally intended to be in saludos amigos um but they ended up cutting it or it wasn't finished something like that and then they eventually used it in this one so it was intention intentionally for the first one i think it's just, good that it's in this one just because it you know it's about a gaucho and they have that whole segment yeah. with goofy being a gaucho so like it would have been kind of weird to have two different just right. specifically focused on the gaucho that's stories, true that would have made the prior movie longer and probably better it probably it yes. would have made this movie worse but it made that movie better yeah potentially yep yeah. Sure. and longer longer and for longer. the for the first movie <laughs> um <laughs> moving forward we have go back to donald when he realizes he has more presence he opens another one and it's a book about brazil where he is then introduced to his buddy uh, from the previous movie, Jose Carioca, Carioca, mm-hmm. and uh, 
Yeah, basically, Jose shows Donald uh, the location uh, Bahia. Uh, I don't know how you say that. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a whole musical segment, uh, which has some artistic animated scenery segments, lots of pinks and such colors. Yeah. And using the multiplane um, camera again, which is nice. Yay! Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a boring segment. I, I jotted down that it, without a whole lot of content outside of just beautiful scenery as a kid you know this would be an instant you know fast forward or whatever um but for an adult enjoying you know beautiful pastel colors and things this is a cool segment it's just yeah uh you know for a kid who wants to be entertained and just went from having donald and that little ari bird and jose is just like this is kind of it's just a little slow yeah it does have animation wise some really nice water ripple effects so yeah like so like i said out. it's a beautiful segment yeah well done and you're right there's definitely some multi uh p- plane effects and stuff and so multi pain or plane plane what am i saying like like okay plane i was right plane of depth yeah yeah like a like a plane <laughs> yeah like an <laughs> xy axis yeah <laughs> an xy axis Moving like forward, axis, I guess. <laughs> that's true. Oh yeah, look at that sparkly water. That's pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving forward, Jose takes Donald by train to Bahia, and they do the samba because Jose loves a good uh, samba. He, um, he dresses like a lady with bananas and fruits on his head. That's right, he does. <laughs> we're just we're all experimenting here, yeah, you know, having a good time. Yeah. Um, uh, Donald's once again introduced uh, to a beautiful Latina woman who he's instantly uh, enamored with. Mm-hmm. Um, and thus begins the rest of the movie of Donald's qu- Donald Duck's quest to commit sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot to mention the train sequence that's in there as well. Yeah, it's I always love decently that. F- a little abstract. Fun little, yeah. Kind of chalk painting uh, on black, but looks really cool. Or, yeah, I was watching a video. Apparently, that whole segment was done by a specific female artist who was, uh, I think, brought in by Walt Disney specifically just to do, uh, wow. you know, some stuff that worked with her specific art style. And so she was, uh, I think, a big, uh, pretty much the one that did that train sequence. So, okay. so for those of you who say that Walt Disney never hired female animators, there's one for you. Yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> Congrats, I guess. You got uh, one. <laughs> Everything uh, else is okay then. That's All right. right. Continue. <laughs> All right. So moving forward, we we do finally get our first live action uh, mixed with traditional animation um, segment where this lady is uh, dancing around, singing, hanging out with the boys. Uh, I forget what the song's called. I did a really bad job of writing down song titles for this one <laughs> yeah, uh, this for one these either. movies. But uh, this is actually a pretty catchy song. I do like this one. I do remember this one as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was interesting and upbeat enough that it, it did keep my interest as a kid. Um, once uh, Donald here is trying to, you know, make his advances uh, to this woman selling cookies. But uh, he keeps trying to get a kiss. But uh, all these dudes keep coming around, playing <laughs> instruments and selling food on their heads. And so, uh, you know, tough, tough competition for donald but at the end he does eventually get his kiss uh which then 
pushes them forward into a acid trip dance segment toward the end Mm -hmm. of the scene. Is he Donald Uh, Duck or is he Donald Trump? Am I right? Ayo. Right. 2020 reference. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Same person. I like that they cut out the scene where they all, you know, drop acid in between this scene. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing that, that was edited out in the Disney Plus version. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that does work well with using the the live action people in front of a projection mm-hmm. screen rather than like the modern way of green screen mm-hmm. is that they can actually look right at the characters, although it's it's limited. Right. Um, when they start right. drawing the characters over top of them, then it changes a little bit. But like when she's walking down the street and Donald's kind of to the side of her, she looks down at him and it looks like she's looking at him, which sometimes you don't get even in modern <laughs> special effects. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's yeah. it's a good it's a impressive sequence regardless. Mm-hmm. Um so I think they they set out to do it and I think they they pretty much nailed it. So yeah. um any other thoughts on this scene or we can keep moving forward. Let's yep. move. Let's let's All move right, forward. So. There's a lot of very similar bits coming up, so <laughs> Yeah, I think we'll fly through those. Yeah. Um so Donald's in love, but then he realizes he has more presence. Uh, but then he realizes he's too small to get back to his presence because, for whatever reason, they became small uh, to get to the last part. And so they were inside a book. Right. Um, <laughs> so which, I might as well hit this right now. Speaking of books, uh, it is kind of interesting. Someone I read online mentioned this, and it is interesting. The first movie has a lot of it's documentary, it's real stuff, real people, real areas. This one is a lot more like... It's based on real areas, but it takes place in a book or yeah. whatever. It's a lot more like, yeah. yeah, it's not as as like real feeling. It's more uh, magical and, and mm-hmm. like, I don't know. So I, I just noticed somebody made mention of that. And I, I wanted to point that out that yeah. there's yeah. it feels a bit different from that. In that it's got a little respect. bit of that Disney magic. A little yes. Bit. Which you could argue the first one needed. So, yeah. Um, as I mentioned, the guys were, were, were super small, and so uh, Jose does this trick uh, where he does a little, a little dance, and he blows into his finger, and he becomes big again. And then, uh, hilariously, Donald tries to do the same. Um, I, I, I love his whole segment. The spotlight misses him. <laughs> he shows his sleeves. All the cards fall out of his sleeves. Um, he ends up blowing into his thumb instead of his pointer finger, and uh, he ends up like getting all kinds of... Uh, transformed in weird ways and it's just a really funny segment actually it, mm-hmm. it kind of made me chuckle um, anyway eventually they do become big again and uh, Donald is able to uh, open his next gift um, which is from Mexico mm. uh, so there finally with 41 minutes into the movie uh, we are finally hit with arguably the best song and the title song of this movie, which is the three Caballeros song yeah. uh, where we are finally introduced to Panchito. Uh, and he has his dual pistols and all, I believe Panchito's last name is pistoles, hmm. Panchito pistoles, which is interesting because in future installments, he has no pistoles, but we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? What do you, what do you like? Do you like this segment? Obviously it's, yeah, uh, kind of what the sh- the movie's best known for. What are yeah, your thoughts? I, mean, I, I love this song, and I you know I loved it as a kid. And then when they updated the um, 
the Mexico ride in Epcot, they added the song in and, and made it the focus oh, wow. of the ride. So um, I think that's, that, awesome. that's great. But um, so even to this day, like whenever I go to Disney World, I get to hear it, and I I just it's part of my Disney love. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely the most iconic part of the movie, and mm-hmm. I, I do love the designs of all three characters together. And it's just mm-hmm. there's something very visually striking about them together and their silly dance moves and all that. It's it's fun. Yeah, like it's it doesn't blow me away. It's it's just, but it's it's a fun bit, and I understand why it became iconic as it was. Yeah, and uh, I just love that they instantly are best friends. They're the three caballeros. We don't know why. Yeah. They don't know why. They just are. And it's like, okay, that's fine. It's a Disney movie. Everyone has really weird emotional issues, and they fall in love easily. They get friends easily. It's like nothing. Everyone <laughs> needs therapy, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with Dave visually. Like, they just work well. It's, you know, it's red, green, blue and mm-hmm. they they all kind of have their own thing donald's you know this american guy he's a sailor jose is kind of a uh, brazilian uh fancy man mm-hmm. who smokes his cigars and dresses fancy and mm-hmm. then panchito is this uh mexican gunslinger cowboy yeah and so he's a gaucho it, it kind of, he's a gaucho and so it, it uh it gives them all their own nice kind of you don't even really have to like figure it out through character uh, dialogue even to, to realize that kind of you know what their thing is and uh, just kind of by looking at them and this whole segment is about you know the two two birds doing really good and then Donald's kind of barely keeping up and they all instantly spawn like a guitar and Donald <laughs> spawns uh, freaking uh, saxophone or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, I love that shot where they're all hitting that high note and they're all bending backwards and Donald falls over it's yeah kind of funny and iconic so yeah um in my opinion, uh, David kind of mentioned this earlier. I think it's from this point forward where, unfortunately, things kind of, I think, spiral downwards. Yeah. Um, it starts to just get really creepy. So we'll uh, we'll fly through this because we're already <laughs> over an hour in, and we'll we'll kind of try to wrap this up. Um, so Panchito gives Donald a pinata for Christmas. We are then shown a short segment about how Christmas is celebrated in Mexico with these kind of uh, shots of artistic drawings of these children and how what they do uh, yeah. to celebrate Christmas. Um, it's a very simple segment, but it's kind of nice. A little random, but nice. Yeah, it's not like animated animated. It's like a slideshow animated where it's still images right. with the camera panning and stuff like that. Yeah. Again, budget saving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um following that panchito talks about uh oh wait they do the uh they do donald hits his pinata uh after some struggling it's a fun little segment um after that they go to mexico city where panchito talks about how that was started uh asan takes place with drawing uh drawings of mexico city kind of boring um but once again money saving time saving stuff following that we get a uh the guys get on a flying carpet where they head to veracruz um there we find more dancing a little time takes place before donald is once again smitten by the beautiful women (laughs) and starts calling them toots and dancing with them 
And like, we're noting that like, the switch is back to live action again. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. live action. Yes. And he's all like spying on them with like binoculars and <laughs> everything's so creepy. I feel this yeah. segment makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Donald Duck is a perv. That's good to know. Oh, well, yes. So the. <laughs> I was going to say, don't watch some of the older Disney shorts, like Plain Crazy. Mickey's not very nice in Plain Crazy. Right. Interesting. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that one. Um, So after the dancing segment, they fly away, um, where they they then head to... Oh, man, there's two dancing sequences here. I guess (laughs) there's one one before the Veracruz thing. Um, (laughs) So it's another dance. It's the one where Jose plays the bass with his feet a little bit. And uh, the song in this part is not terrible. It's it's kind of catchy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just three live action segments back to back with these guys kind of uh, stealing the spotlight. Eventually we get to the scene I definitely remember the best, which is, uh, as David was mentioning, where Donald has a uh spyglass uh whatever you call it um and he's spying spying down on the the women in bathing suits below (laughs) and their little bikinis from the from the 40s and uh he's just you know checking them out um he then proceeds to dive bomb down on the women and on the beach (laughs) as they run away in terror for some reason (laughs) Uh, I don't know if like people in the theater were like laughing during this or what. Oh man, attempted sexual assault is funny! Yay! <laughs> Donald's got finger guns. <laughs> finger oh. guns. Yeah, that um, whole scene just makes me feel uncomfortable. And uh, like Donald, no, not Donald. <laughs> You're not uh, supposed to get me too'd. <laughs> uh, I did read that this was not filmed on location, but was actually filmed on the back lot at Disney, uh, the beach yeah. part, anyways. You can, you can tell uh, by the lighting that it's not a single right. source sunlight. There's multiple shadows. Yeah, and uh, like the backdrops are like not yeah. w- when you're no on the depth. beach. Or like right, there's not really much there. Um, Donald then jumps down and starts impressing the ladies with his little his moves uh then eventually he's blindfolded for some reason and then he tries to get handsy with all the all the ladies as they run away um so this is awful uh i will say though that this scene is kind of impressive um especially the part where they are like throwing donald up in the air with a like a blanket or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh it just I don't know. Just I was just they waiting for someone to mace him in the face. I, that's what I wanted to see here. But the thing is, they make it so they're the girls playing. are like they're running away, yeah. but they're smiling. So right. it, that it makes is it worse. They are though. willing participants after <laughs> yes. he bombs them. But yes. I know, but it kind of makes the way the film was shot more creepy because it was kind of implying that this is how you treat women and they actually like right. this. Right. I mean, that right. was what yeah. you did back then. That's, you know, <laughs> but not not okay. But like that that was the yeah. cultural norm, and they were raised thinking that that was how it was supposed to be unfortunately but you know it is it is as the descriptor says historical uh cult- cultural right whatever that depictions yeah, yeah. there we go outdated and cultural depiction i will say this like obviously we're we're kind of like taking it to the extreme yeah. here um i mean we're not we're not a bunch of snowflakes that get offended at every <laughs> single little thing obviously it's it's a cartoon duck running around chasing 
human women. So mm-hmm. obviously it is silly and it's just supposed to be kind of a funny sequence where yeah. Donald is infatuated with beautiful women and he wants to be with them. So yeah. uh, obviously we're, we're just having fun with this. We're not like, it's not like over the top offensive, but it is kind of a little ridiculous at the same it's time. It's outdated. I mean, but yeah. And this beach is literally just full of women. Like there are no dudes. <laughs> True, no so men. it's just like the whole thing is just kind of a little far fetched. But I will say uh, just real quick on, again on the animation. Um, you were saying the blanket part was impressive. There's a part a little bit after that where he's running and the pan the camera is panning, and they still link up the animation with him running on the beach while the camera's panning. And it might be the first time in the movie where they actually have the camera moving while they're animating. And just the fact that they matched it up so well is really impressive. Nice. Right. Yeah. There's also a part where he like it gets thrown into a like a puddle of yeah. water or whatever and I don't know, it just it all actually looks really splash good. Looked they, really, they, yeah. Yeah, the splash and everything is just it's pretty impressive actually. So mm-hmm. All right, so uh they finally uh fly off in the magic carpet before the police can arrive and uh I think Donald calls a woman toots for like the millionth time and uh then they're off. Uh, Panchito then shows a the nightlife of Mexico City where uh, uh, another song takes place uh, um, let's see um, there's a live action a woman singing a song where we just see her head floating uh, yeah. Donald is obviously once again very impressed with everything he's and, uh, he's, he, he's into it he moves on pretty quickly. I appreciate that about him. Um, and this is kind of where the movie just kind of spirals to the end um, in a way. Um, it's just a lot of musical segments, one after the other. Uh, I believe pretty much the three caballeros disappear for the most part. It's mostly just Donald uh, interlaced with, with other women doing you know musical segments and whatnot. Yeah, very uh, abstract too abstract acid trippy yeah women with dressed like flowers yeah. flower heads floating it almost looks um, like the beginning of a bond movie for a little bit <laughs> yeah i could see that i could totally <laughs> like see that the women and then just the like single colors and then the kaleidoscope yeah, look definitely super james bondy 20 yeah. years before the first james bond film too james bond ripped off donald duck yep just <laughs> Um, there's also one shot where they do have the three amigos and they grow like woman legs. Yeah. Uh, horse uh, head or something. Yeah. The horse then shows up. It's so weird. It's, it's a little. And then the legs just walk off. (laughs) So, I mean, you could argue it's, it's all beautiful and well done. Uh, you know, kind of very abstract and artistic. So you could say that, you know, it's the artist, you know, taking these songs and some of this uh, culture of the arts from down, you know, down in Latin America or whatever, and and just having some fun with it, kind of Fantasia-ish, yeah. um, with, with some Donald right. Duck thrown in. Um, I guess my favorite part of this, this last chunk of songs and dancing is the uh, the cacti <laughs> part. Yeah. Uh, is is pretty cool, actually, and, and pretty well done. Uh, overall so i did like that part um if you guys are anything left uh to mention we basically get to the finale where a bunch of random things start happening um lots of explosions and firecrackers there's a fake bull that turns into a real bull somehow um 
and uh, yeah, they, they and chases Donald, Donald around, headbutt him, and yeah, some hijinks ensue, uh, <laughs> uh, and that's it. It's over. Happy birthday, mm. Donald. Uh, the end. Yep. Yikes. So. Interesting, um, the fireworks that do the end, the first one is like the Mexican flag, and then it's the Brazilian flag, and then it's the American flag, and it says the end in English. <laughs> so it's like fiend Yay, in Spanish, America. fiend in Portuguese, and then the end, America. Huh. I didn't America. notice that. Yeah. Um, real quickly, before we do our final thoughts, uh, I did just want to mention, um, it's been a good two years now of three caballero stuff uh went a long time with little to no uh references to them outside of like the parks Mm -hmm. that you had mentioned i mean we had those comics but those are a long time ago um but in recent years uh the three caballeros have showed up on the rebooted ducktales show um which was was a good episode i actually just rewatched it this morning uh, just kind of waiting to record, and so I, I threw that back on, and so it was kind of a fun throwback to the to this movie. Where they they kind of referenced the Three Caballeros as you know Donald's band from college, and they were all uh, you know <laughs> old friends getting back together. That's um, hilarious. Yeah, it's kind of funny, and uh, you know he Donald was very proud of it, but then Huey Dewey and Louie had no idea who the Three Caballeros were. And uh, Donald was offended or whatever. Um, Panchito loses his pistols and instead has cell phones in his holsters <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jose loses the cigar, if I remember correctly. Um, so. so it's it's a little toned down. But uh, they do it at the, in the final shot or the final action scene. They, they re-perform the Three Caballero theme song. Uh, which is kind of a funny thing. They, they do a fun thing with it where Donald's singing along and his singing is so bad that it like helps them defeat the bad guy uh, <laughs> because his voice is just so terrible. It like makes the, the bad guy like explode basically. And so it's kind of a fun sequence because if you think about it in the movie, uh, he, he's there and he doesn't really sing other than that part where he's like, oh. Yeah. So you, you don't really hear him because Donald, I don't know if you know, this is a terrible singer. And I think just the voice actors struggle to actually sing notes with him. And so normally he's not much of a singer, but in, in that segment, he, he does uh, he does do some singing. Um, and then most recently uh, with the release of Disney Plus, uh, we were gifted with a new animated series called Legend of the Three Caballeros, which yeah. is its own show. Uh, we got a full season. Uh, I don't know if you guys have watched it. I've watched the first three episodes. I haven't, I haven't I I've finished seen the first it. One, maybe the first two. I haven't seen any of it. I'm terrible. Uh, so far, it's great. I, I really like it. Um, there's some cool callbacks to the original movie. Like I mentioned, they have that little bird that makes the annoying little sounds. Ari. Ari. Yeah. Ari he's in it. Um, there's also some random characters in this. Like, If you look at the main image on Disney+, Plus, there's the little... Uh, minion from Black Cauldron. I can't even remember what his name is. The little oh, goblin guy. Yeah. He's in it. I haven't got to that episode yet, but oh, yeah. uh, so I don't know. It, it's kind of like a, a fun tribute to um, to Disney, and there's some fun extension stuff from uh, Donald and, and Ducktales and stuff in it. So mm-hmm. the animation's a it, a little jarring at first. It kind of feels a little cheap but really once you get into it some of it is actually looks really good and is is well done it's pretty funny so i highly recommend checking it out i'm, I'm happy to see that they the disney's using the three caballeros and yeah agreed giving them 
giving them something to to run with so yeah. uh, i look forward to watching the rest of it so yeah it's been good for the three caballeros they they've made a, a return and i think it's it's cool so yeah. all right final thoughts and ratings we rate one to ten one being terrible ten being a masterpiece perfect so are we rating uh, each movie look, separate or just the lump package Let's go, ahead and ra- let's go ahead and rate them separate. Yeah, okay. I think that's yeah. I think that's fine. So then we can so. have like our scores for all the movies when we're done, and we can have a big ranking thing. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, so which it finish. seems it seems like every time I look back on my ratings, I'm like not thrilled with what how I've been rating. So we'll see how much of a mess <laughs> it is when I get done. But uh, Dave, would you like to go first with your final thoughts on both movies and uh, and what rating you would give each? Well, absolutely, Clay. I'd love to talk. Thank you. These movies. <laughs> um, the first one, as I said, is in my opinion potentially the weakest movie in the entire Disney animated canon. So I'm not really a big fan. It's it's got some cool bits here and there. Some seeing this old footage of South America is kind of interesting from a historical perspective, but the segments don't link up in any meaningful way. Even the documentary parts don't really provide any sort of narrative to really justify it as being a documentary either. It just feels like a random mismatch of different things they cobbled together really quickly so they could have a Disney feature in theaters, which is probably fairly accurate to what it is. Um, I appreciate some of the animation. The Goofy short's probably the best bit, but on the whole, it's really hard to sit through and watch it as a single feature. It's, my brain just completely zones out so i'm gonna rate um that uh i'm gonna give that a three out of ten all right the three three caballeros is definitely a more well-constructed film and particularly the front of it i think is the best part of the movie uh the pablo the penguin is a classic and i absolutely love that bit um, but there isn't same time there isn't really that much reason to watch it as a full movie the same way as the other one was you could probably watch the the, the good shorts you know being the little burrito short and Pablo the penguin and kind of just discard the rest of the movie and i feel that the entire second half of the movie as i said makes me really uncomfortable and i have a hard time getting over it it, it is entirely a product of its time which i understand but it's still especially today i think it's really hard to laugh at it in the same way people laughed at it back then to me it's just weird and creepy and i probably wouldn't let my kids watch that movie if i had kids um and just the fact that it doesn't really go anywhere either like you go through all the good stuff at the beginning and then you just get everyone's acid trip and weird fantasies for like the last half of the movie so but for having the penguin short, for surely for having Pablo the penguin, I will rate it a bit above the first one, and I'll give it four out of ten. Okay. All right, that's it, Jeff. Alrighty, um, most of my sentiments on Saludos Amigos are pretty similar to Dave's. It's uh, it's not very cohesive. It doesn't work too well as a documentary. It doesn't work too well as a short film package. So, um, yeah, I. I was leaning towards a four for that one, which I think Dave gave it a three. So, I mean, not too much more to say about it. It's, it's, it was a budget film. It was made to make ends meet and it shows, but, um, then the, for the three Caballeros, it's kind of a tale of two halves or, you know, of of the film. 
so like like Dave said as well that the first half is is fun it's got good short films it's got or little animated sequences Pablo and uh, burrito and and uh, then it just it really is just this downward slide for the rest of the movie as far as quality. It's, you know, there's just too much reliance on those overly artistic parts or the, the song where it's just showing still images. Um, again, clearly budget saving measures. It's not anything against them. Obviously we, we know the situation that they were in and why they did all this, but I feel like they could have just done with a little more cohesion. Um, I know they tried to tie it all together with Donald's birthday thing, but then they kind of just lost track of that. And it just kind of, like we said, spirals out of control. So, um, you know, if I could rate the first half, I would give the first half like a, a seven, but then the second half I'd give like a another four. So let's call it, uh, I'll give it a five. All right. Sweet. Well, um, yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. Uh, Saludos Amigos should never have been a movie. Yep. It should have just released as shorts and left it at that. Um, I could see how if you're marketing it towards adults, uh, the live action stuff could be interesting and keep your attention. But if you're coming at this from a kid's perspective, uh, that movie would be really tough outside of the Donald and Goofy stuff. And I know Kid Me would probably have turned it off after Goofy left. Um yeah, it's it's I appreciate what they did with it, what they were trying to do, trying to educate people and bridge that gap. And so in that aspect, at times, I feel like it did somewhat good. Uh, but once again, as they said, it just was too garbled and just the ending was weird and it just didn't really wasn't cohesive. So I had also given this a three out of ten. Now for the three caballeros. um I watched both these movies back to back last night. I don't suggest doing that. It was rough. And by the end of the three caballeros, I was ready to just turn it off. So the last little bit was just painful after sitting through the rest of it. Now, that being said, when I first started the three caballeros, I was super happy. My nostalgia was kicking hard. Uh, everything was, you know, rushing back to me. I was having a good job, uh, good time. I was, had a smile on my face. Uh, but then, like I mentioned after the three caballeros song, it, it goes downhill really fast. Um, and so, but at the beginning when I was watching it, I had already said, all right, this is at least a six out of 10. Like I'm, in, I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, but then by the end I lost a whole point value on it just because of how, how rough the ending was. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it went from a six to finally being a five out of 10 as well. And so, uh, I appreciate, uh, I know I said that the first movie shouldn't have been a movie, uh, it, at the very least it provided the follow-up which which really gave us the three caballeros which have gone on to become their own thing and and i love the creation of those three characters and so i appreciate that about both these movies that it it, it kind of it gave you know brazil its own disney character it gave mexico its own you know yeah. disney character and so for for those reasons there's some really good stuff in here uh and there is some good music there are some songs in here that that yeah. are are catchy and, and mm -hmm. i and i do enjoy yeah, it even if i can't understand you know some of it or whatever but uh still still fun and and i think we all three appreciate the 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 techniques and the and the way that they did certain things that was somewhat groundbreaking and not really heavily done and maybe used more in the future because of this yeah um and so for that reason it, it you know it it is still worth worth looking at so 
Any other thoughts, guys? Last last things? Mm-hmm. Nope, not for me. All right, we should nope. wrap wrap it up here. Sorry if this went a little long, people. I guess to be expected with uh, with this being two movies and all. But hour and a half is, I guess, not terrible. Um, closing things, uh, just to let everyone know, we are going to be moving this show onto its own feed. It will not be part of the Mouse Bites feed moving forward. So if you're listening to this and you want to see if we've put out more, hopefully we'll be uh, recording again next month. Um, look us up. Uh, we'll be posting on its own feed for just this show specifically. Uh, the plan is to move forward once a month, putting out stuff. Guys, what's our next? Uh, what's our next? Is it Make Mine Music? Make Make my music is next, and that's the one that's not even on Disney Plus. So I'm gonna have to like find a way to get a hold of that. Oh boy. I mean, I imagine we're probably gonna do Melody Time, and or no. Yeah, I don't Melody know if we want to group these. Yeah, there's Make Mine Music, Melody Time, and Fun and Fancy Free are the next. Three. I think Fun. I think. No, nah, but but uh, Ichabod, Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Told is like somewhere in between that. Is that? I think. We'll have oh to look boy. at the list. Okay. <laughs> I think Fun and Fancy Free and Make Mine Music are the next two, but we'll have to check. Just bear with us, people, as we get through these <laughs> we'll rough few movies, <laughs> and we'll get a plan together, and then hopefully we can just get through these and get back into yeah. the stuff that we all know and love so well. I mean, nothing against any of these movies, but the, this is not what I was thinking of when I decided we should do this show. Um, but <laughs> I, I think it's important that we just we, we, we do them, we, we do our due diligence and get through them, so we will do that, right? Yeah. Technic- okay, so All next, right, we'll, next we'll one's we'll Make My Music, and then Song of the South. <laughs> we should Songs. do Song of the South is not part of the Disney canon. <laughs> I know it's not, but we should still do it. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Good. Well, thanks for uh, staying with us. Uh, Jeff and Dave, thanks so much for, for being here and, uh, and enduring this together. We can, we'll get through this together, and we can get on the other side and be proud of ourselves. So, Yes. We watch Disney movies. We're such soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some things. I've seen some things, man. I got a flashback <laughs> to the trenches of... I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'll <laughs> shut up now. <laughs> Thanks so much for being with us on Movie Bites. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you next month. Adios, amigos. Have a good one. <laughs>